0: You're listening to a Richwood Church podcast. The biblical exhortation to submit to civic leaders has become a very real thing in the last couple of weeks. On May 20th, Governor Walls kept in place an order that said only 10 people could meet in a church at any given time, inside or outside. Immediately, Leaders from Catholic churches and Lutheran churches in Minnesota, numbering some 700, said they would defy that order and they would start meeting this week. Then President Trump stepped forward and he deemed churches essential, at which time Governor Walls changed his mind. And so it's been very confusing. And then, of course, we've had this horrific death of George Floyd that we've all been mourning and the writing that has surrounded that, and our civic leaders have all of a sudden been under a microscope. And that brings up the real question, when is it okay to defy our leaders in the name of faith? And there is no easy answer to that question, but the Bible has much to say about it. And when it comes to attitude, when it comes to your attitude And my attitude, I want you to know that you can thrive during COVID-19 when you submit to leaders. And then, not only will you thrive, but non-believers will get a glimpse of the redemptive power of Jesus Christ. Now, this pandemic has caused all of us to live differently. And our political leaders have really invaded our lives in a new way. They're they're acting to affect our livelihoods and our safety and even the way we worship. So here's what I want you to learn through the lives of first century Christians who faced even a harder road. I want you to know that every leader is appointed by God, that you are subject to your leaders. And that you can thrive during COVID-19 when you submit to your leaders because in reality, you are submitting to God. It was difficult to be a Christian in Rome some 30 years after the Lord's death and resurrection. Nero was the emperor. Persecution had begun. So let's find out how Paul directed believers during that time so that they could prosper, and then we can learn and prosper too, even in this time of a pandemic. So if you have a Bible nearby, if you want to grab a device, I would love you to turn with me to the book of Romans, chapter 13, beginning in verse 1. And in this letter to the church in Rome, Paul makes it clear that our civic leaders, are placed there by God, and we are to obey them. And so we begin in verse 1. Let every person be subject to the governing authorities. For there is no authority except from God, and those that exist have been instituted by God. Therefore, whoever resists the authorities resists what God has appointed, and those who resist will incur judgment. One must be in subjection, not only to avoid God's wrath, but also for the sake of conscience. So sometimes our leaders are good, and they're just, and sometimes they're not. And sometimes you will agree with your leaders, and sometimes you won't. But the first point that Paul is making abundantly clear here is that leaders are appointed by God. God put them there. If you look at the text in verse 1, they are instituted by God. In verse 3, they have been appointed by God. And Paul writes all of this during the tyrannical reign of one of the most evil dictators of all time. And that's Nero. And he had come to power right about the time this letter was written, maybe a couple years before. And he was just downright evil. He had killed his stepbrother, his stepbrother, he had killed his wife, he had killed his mother, and then he committed suicide at about age 30. But during that time, he killed Christians for sport. He killed Christians and used them as burning lamps in the palace gardens. And of course, under his reign, there was the huge Roman fire that many historians believe he set himself, and then blamed it on Christians, and so persecution began in earnest. This was the context for first century believers, but still, Paul makes it clear that Nero and all civic leaders are put in place by God. This is also an old testament principle in Daniel 2 Verse 21, it says that he changes times and seasons and he removes kings and he sets up kings. He he brings he gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to those who have understanding. And so in order to thrive by submitting to government during COVID-19 and avoid being sucked into this incredible division that we have right now in America... It's important to remember that every leader has been appointed by God. And when you understand that, it will help you thrive. And then, as Paul moves along, he helps us understand that not only have leaders been appointed by God, but they have a role to play. Leaders are to prevent oppression, and they are to execute justice. In verse 3, Paul writes, For rulers are not a terror to good conduct, but to bad. Would you have no fear of the one who is in authority? You see, here's the thing. Human governmental structure has been given to us by God, and it has been graciously instituted because God knew us. It's a tool to see that we're kept safe. Because without this government, there would be anarchy. And the Lord knows that we are naturally rebellious. And that we need structure around us. So Paul makes it clear in verse 4 that civil authorities act as God's servants to carry out wrath against those who do evil. For he is God's servant for your good. But if you do wrong, be afraid. For he does not bear the sword in vain, for he is the servant of God, an avenger who carries out God's wrath on the wrongdoer. So you can think of your civil authorities as an extension of God instituted by him to carry out his wrath against sin. And so when someone commits a crime, civil authorities should act as God's servants and punish someone for that crime. But, of course, human government is not perfect. And all government action is not just. And we have seen that in spades this week. We have seen this horrific death of George Floyd. We have seen rioting. We have seen what appears to be racial oppression. And so, government is also stained with sin, But generally speaking, God has given us this gift of civil authority because he knew that we needed to subject ourselves to authority. But it's very hard to follow people that you feel are doing wrong or that you disagree with. When our son was killed in a homicide, we went through the court system and Through that time, the perpetrator pleaded to a lesser charge, and he was given a sentence that seemed so much lighter than what was fair. But Wendy and I had made a decision that we were in the business of showing respect to our government leaders, to to law enforcement officers, to the prosecutor, to the judge, because we wanted them to get a glimpse of Jesus Christ. And so, we submitted to them. And that decision to submit is an everyday decision. It doesn't come easily, but it's for our good. And my heart needs to submit. And our heart is really the issue because it's always been a problem. After the fall in the garden and before the flood, the Bible gives us a glimpse of where we were as human beings. And you can see this in Genesis 6:5. The Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great on the earth, and that every intention of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continuously. So God knew that we needed civil government to avoid chaos. Because when there's chaos, here's what happens. The powerful rise to the top, and the vulnerable are preyed upon. And so the role of government is to make that just, but again, it's subject to human failure. Still, each leader is appointed by God, and there is a specific role for government leaders. And when you submit to them, you are, in essence, submitting to to God and that's how you can thrive during COVID-19 you can thrive during civil unrest because you have confidence that these leaders have been put there by God for his good purpose and you may not know that purpose so obviously when we submit to God we please him we glorify him and that's what we want but there are practical reasons too to submit to our leaders and it's because submission to leaders brings peace to the believer and shines a light on the nonbeliever, a light for Christ. And over the past couple of weeks, we've had plenty of time to practice this principle, and we've seen this truth in play, because we've had to watch all kinds of craziness go on. We, we've waited for Governor Walz to open churches. We've seen President Trump clash with governors. We've watched many churches of, of varying shapes and sizes defy leadership, and now we're watching Minneapolis and St. Paul burn because of racial unrest. Now, I'm not saying at all that we shouldn't be voices for justice. We need to be there, and we need to have God's voice in this culture. There is everything good about standing outside an abortion clinic and praying, but in my view, and I think biblically, The Bible leaves very little space for defying government. If we are called to renounce our faith, if we are commanded to stop preaching the gospel, then, of course, we preach the gospel. And we see this happening in the book of Acts. The apostles were roundly persecuted, but they didn't start a revolution. They didn't go into the streets. They didn't complain or start whining about losing their rights. They simply preached the gospel. And we see this in Acts 5, 40 and 41. And when they had called in the apostles, they beat them and charged them not to speak in the name of Jesus and let them go. And then they left the presence of the council rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer Dishonor for the name. Wow, what an example for us to follow. This is how Christians have acted for thousands of years. Now, is our government moving toward this? Maybe. Are there politicians who wishes that churches didn't exist? Probably. But the furtherance of the gospel, not fighting for our rights, that's our first consideration. We are gospel people. We have a mission. We have been commanded to go into the world to preach the gospel. But during this last couple of weeks, the First Amendment has come up. And so as Americans, what do we do with the First Amendment? And should we be concerned if there's overreach against religious freedom? And of course we should be concerned because it's fundamental to our nation. But we always must understand that our ultimate authority is the Bible. We stand under the word of God. We don't stand alongside of it. And so what God commands us to do, we do. And let me be very frank with you. What we're experiencing right now is not persecution the way that the apostles experienced persecution. They were beaten. They were flogged. It was commanded of them that they stop preaching the gospel. All we're being asked to do by our civic leaders is to help keep the public safe. And that's a noble Christian pursuit and when we submit to our leaders we reflect well on the name of christ now here's a recent quote from pastor and author john macarthur and he's making the same decisions that we all are in his church in california he's had to stop and start he started when president trump deemed churches essential and he stopped when the ninth circuit overturned that but here's what he has to say and i like this a lot He said you cannot defy the government and say we're going to meet anyway because God has commanded us to meet no matter what damage we do to people's lives. I mean, what should mark Christians as mercy, compassion, love, kindness, and sacrifice? How are you doing that if you flaunt the fact that you're going to meet and essentially you're saying we disregard the public safety issue? You don't really want to say that. That doesn't help the gospel cause. And and I really agree with him on that because the, the furtherance of the gospel does not include flaunting our freedom in front of a world that is afraid and that is at risk of their lives. Submission sends such a great message. And again, I want to make this really clear, you don't have to like what your leaders do. You can vehemently disagree with them. You can write to them. You can call them. You can disagree with them. But biblically speaking, the Bible's very clear that when you submit to them, it is as if you are submitting to God. And Paul is trying to get this across in this text because these people were living under Nero. And he wanted them to have peace. And when we refuse to submit, we don't experience peace. When we refuse to submit, we don't shine a light. And sometimes I cringe when I read Facebook, Instagram, Twitter posts that are snarky and cynical and mean-spirited. And there's no doubt in my mind that churches have been mistreated by some governors and government officials Tell me, what does a post like that do to further the gospel? There's no peace in that. Likewise, if if we're stuck in front of news 24 hours a day, and we're getting angry and anxious and frustrated, there's no peace there. And when non-believers see us whining and being unreasonable, that pushes them away. And there's no light that's shined there. Again, our ultimate mission is to further the gospel. Now, if we were truly being persecuted, if we were being asked to deny our faith, then we meet anyway. That's the dividing line. That's where we stand for what we believe in. But what we have in front of us right now is a golden opportunity to shine a light into a world that is afraid. And when we submit to our leaders, peace comes and that light shines. And that's exactly why Paul is writing this text. He made this clear in 1 Timothy 2 1 and 2. First of all, then I urge that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgivings be made for all people, for kings. And all who are in high positions, that we may lead a peaceful and quiet life, godly and dignified in every way. And what that means is, is that we keep our heads down and we stay the course. God appointed every leader, whether they're good or bad, or whether we agree with them or not. Just remember, Nero was the context They are there to prevent oppression and execute justice. They are a gift to us. And submitting to them brings peace and shines the light of the gospel to our neighbors. And here in verse 5, in Romans 13, Paul summarizes his argument. Therefore, one must be in subjection not only to avoid God's wrath, but also for the sake of conscience. Christians should obey civil authorities not just because we want to avoid the wrath of the government, but because our conscience tells us it's the right thing to do. And so, again, submitting to our leaders is the equivalent of submitting to God. And, and, and what an opportunity we have right now to be agents of reconciliation and peace. When I call the mayor... Or the police chief. And I ask them, how can we help you? That sends a message. When we inform our leaders before we live stream and we ask permission to do it, that sends a message. And the message is, we are Jesus followers. And because we are Jesus followers, we are for you, we respect you, and we submit to you. Now listen, this pandemic has changed everything. It's caused us to live in completely different ways. And so our political leaders are just like us. They have not been through this either. And so they're making decisions that are huge decisions for our, that are in regards to our livelihoods, in regards to the way we worship, in regards to our safety. But the Bible tells us clearly and without doubt that God appoints these leaders and you are subject to them. And you can thrive During COVID-19, when you submit to your leaders, because in reality, you are submitting to God. Let me pray over you, if I could. Lord God, it's so hard in this culture in which we live to submit. Because there are so many crazy things happening. Not only are our leaders making difficult decisions, sometimes we don't agree with them at all, but we're seeing unrest, and we're seeing hurtful behavior by some leaders. And, and so this idea of submission does not come easily for us because we, we are rebellious people. We are stained with sin. And so I pray that beginning with my own heart, my own mind, that I would submit to you and to my leaders here at church, my civic leaders. I pray, God, that we would be submissive people who do live quiet and dignified lives so that we can have peace, but we can shine our light to this world and be a reflection of you. And I pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Hey, again, I want to thank you for being with us. I want to remind you that on June 14th, we're going to begin limited services. And that means we'll have two services, but no children's ministry. And nothing else going on in the building. You'll be registering for those services. You can find out more by going online at myrwc.org. We're looking forward to seeing you soon. And have a great evening. And God bless you. Thank you for joining us on the Ridgewood Church Podcast. For more faith-based resources or information about Ridgewood Church, visit us at myrwc.org.